0: I just got back from Phoenix, Arizona. We were there. We were at the Turning Point headquarters. I got to see some of the early design, some of the behind the scenes stuff, the pre planning that's going into America Fest. And all I got to say is if you are not there, you are going to have the biggest FOMO you've ever had in your entire life. You do not want big FOMO. You do want. America Fest. Go to tpusa.com backslash AmericaFest. Use promo code POSO, all caps P-O-S-O, up to 25% off. The biggest speakers are going to be there, the biggest names in country music, probably some special guests that we can't even announce yet, but I'm telling you, once you find out who it is, you're going to be like, why didn't I go? Why didn't I listen to POSO? Why didn't I get the tickets? America Fest, Turning Point USA, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, December 18th to the 21st. I'll see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories, a victim is taking the stand in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. Next, the Dobbs case has opened. The Mississippi abortion ban is being presented to the Supreme Court. Will it be upheld or will it be struck down? And what does this mean for Roe v. Wade? And then finally, my interview, me, Charlie Kirk, and Kyle Rittenhouse. We've got a bunch of excerpts from this thing. We haven't actually done an interview here on Human Events Daily yet, so I want to let you know all of the highlights from our sit down with Kyle Rittenhouse. All this more ahead, Human Events Daily. In New York City, a real human drama just played out in the courtroom in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. What happened? A victim testified anonymously in this case. Now, she's anonymous to us, but in that courtroom, she was there, she went up, she took the stand in front of the judge, in front of Ghislaine Maxwell, in front of the jury, in front of the media. Now, the media's not releasing her name. But this is someone who was abused, who was exploited at a very young age, 14 years old. She's now coming full circle, and she's taking her power back. This actually is a situation where you've got someone who was exploited, and there's, and there's more coming, by the way, there's more coming, but exploited by some of the most wealthy and powerful people, not just in this country, but in the world and she's coming forward, and that's courageous. And you have to applaud someone like that. You just have to step back for a minute. And I know there's a lot going on in the Ghislaine Maxwell case, and we talk about the Epstein Network, and that is our focus on this. I've told you before, I believe Ghislaine Maxwell will be convicted. I think it's an open-shut case. But it's only an open-and-shut case because of the power of the testimony of the actual victims coming forward. And they have gone through absolute hell in their lives to get them to this point. And you have to applaud them, you have to praise them, and you have to say thank God that not only did they survive it, but they now have the courage to come forward and do what they're doing. Listen to Lisa Bloom, who's representing some of the victims. She gave an interview yesterday to Valley.
1: But I do look forward to seeing the prosecution continue to put on their case. I thought yesterday was a very strong day for the prosecution. Uh, you know, as an attorney for sexual abuse survivors myself. I think that the prosecution very clearly and concisely laid out their case that there are four victims here, that Ghislaine Maxwell knew everything that Jeffrey Epstein was doing, that she trafficked these women, that she was a part of all of it. On the defense side, I thought it was a weak opening statement. I give them about a C. It was a good start, saying that since the time of Eve, Uh, Women have been blamed for men's bad acts. I like that. And by the way, we have a case, first one I've seen, with a female judge, two female lead attorneys, female defendant, and four female victims. Uh, That was a good start for the defense, but it was all downhill after that. And to call Jeffrey Epstein the 21st century James Bond, to go on about how he was so intelligent and charming, uh, really to write this love letter to Jeffrey Epstein, I thought was a very bad move for the defense. I'm especially hoping to hear from the victims today.
0: Because we do have to remember, folks, that at the end of the day, yes, this is about Epstein. This is about the network. This is about Ghislaine Maxwell. But you can't forget the victims here. You can't forget the people who were abused at a young age. Remember, they were recruited, groomed, selected. And who did they prey upon? Because that's what these people were. They were predators. They preyed on girls from... Uh, broken homes, ones who are from low-income backgrounds, people who are, you would say, at risk, right? These are the type of young girls that they would recruit into this, and they would throw money at them, whirlwind trips around the world, flights down to the Caribbean, of course. And then the exploitation began, and it began very quickly. And some of the stuff that came out in court yesterday, and it's continuing to come out, it's extremely graphic. If you wanna go read the court transcripts, they're out there. And there's, our reporting, um, there's great reporting in the Miami Herald about this. Julie K. Brown is doing some excellent reporting on this. But for at least this show, I'll just say, the stuff that was going on here, the depravity, the degeneracy that we were seeing among some of the wealthiest and most powerful and influential people here, cannot be overlooked. And the fact that these people were victims of this crooked and corrupt network. Cannot be overlooked. So we're going to say, and we only know her as there's Jane 1, Jane 2, Jane 3, Jane 4. We are praying for all four of them. And I would ask everybody out there to please say a prayer for these victims, the victims of the Epstein Network, the victims of Jeffrey Epstein, the victims of Ghislaine Maxwell. And remember that if anyone else is ever caught exploiting young women, young girls, young children like this, you need to go after them and you need to go after them hard. That's one thing in this country. We do not take child sex abuse laws seriously enough. And in every single state, those laws should be strengthened. So incidents like this can never happen again. Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, just stepped down. The new CEO who's coming in, Pro-censorship, anti-First Amendment, does not support freedom of speech. What does that mean? It's time to get on the lifeboats, everyone. It's time to sign up for Getter. Getter is the Twitter killer. Go over there, sign up. I've been on there for months now. I love it. I love the engagement. It is the signal, not the noise. Go to Getter, sign up today. You will enjoy it. Get off of Twitter. It's time to head to the lifeboats. But talking about life and the right to life. Today in the Supreme Court, the opening arguments were held in what's being referred to as the Dobbs case. What is the Dobbs case? The Dobbs case is all about a Mississippi law regarding a 15-week abortion ban. The state of Mississippi is challenging this all the way up to the Supreme Court. And if this is upheld, it may either chip away or completely overturn the Roe v. Wade decision. Listen to this video explainer from Live Action. My good friends and our good friends over at Live Action all about
2: it. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, addressing the constitutionality of a Mississippi state law prohibiting abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy.
3: We have a human being 15 weeks old uh, and people believe that you ought to be able to destroy that life. We don't. So I'm very encouraged about where we're at. I hope at some point Mississippi is free of abortion.
2: In the case, Mississippi is defending its law against a challenge by the state's only licensed abortion facility, Jackson Women's Health Organization. Many are calling this the most significant abortion-related case before the Supreme Court in nearly three decades. That's because Mississippi is asking the Supreme Court to overrule Roe v. Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court decision that required abortion to be legal in all 50 states, as well as Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the 1992 decision that continued Roe v. Wade's abortion guarantee. On March 19, 2018, the Mississippi State Legislature passed House Bill 1510, aka the Gestational Age Act, prohibiting abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy. This is a human fetus at 15 weeks. They are roughly four inches long, and they have all of their limbs and organs, and can yawn, scratch their head, and suck their thumb.
0: So here's the write-up in the Daily Mail. The six conservative-leaning and three liberal-leaning justices will now go over the case in private and release their final opinion in the coming weeks. Arguments kicked off with an unusual note Justice Clarence Thomas, who's traditionally quiet during this period, handed down the first question. He asked the lawyers repeatedly through the two-hour argument period whether they believed that the case was focused on the right of privacy, autonomy, or abortion. And one thing that Clarence Thomas did, and you can tell, he has been waiting 30 years for this moment. Clarence Thomas, I do believe, was put on this earth for this purpose. Overturning Roe v. Wade, overturning this decision. It's been 48 years. It's not even that old. But restoring the right to life to unborn, innocent children. And so one thing that Clarence Thomas repeatedly asked over and over and over, where is this found in the Constitution? All of the things you're saying, show me the text. Show me any text that's even remotely connected to any of these things you're talking about. Because he knows, and they know, he's reeling them in. He's setting the trap. Because there is no text. Because there is no basis for abortion in the United States Constitution. Now, Donald Trump appointed Justices Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett also signaled that they would be open to overhauling existing precedent. Kavanaugh indicated that he thought the Supreme Court should return to a more neutral view on abortion rights, while Barrett questioned the need for abortion rights if women could give children up for adoption on birth. Upon birth, another conservative justice, Samuel Lido, declared the fetus has an interest in having a life. And that's really what it's all about, folks. That's really what it's all about. When abortion activists say, my body, my choice, well, number one, you never hear them say that when it comes to vaccine mandates. But number two, they never take into account the fact that that child is a separate life. That is a separate person, even if they're small, even if they're a little bit smaller than everybody else, that doesn't make them any less of a person. And by the way, the science, right? Trust the science on this. Separate DNA means you have a separate human being. Because people will come and say, oh, this is, it's all just religion and morality, and you guys are like the Taliban because you want this, and uh, you want a crazy, you know, uh, Sharia law kind of interpretation. I say, okay, okay, I'll, I'll meet you on this. I'll meet you on this. Because even though as Christians, we're, we're, it's very clear, you cannot be Christian and be pro-abortion. It's very clear in the Bible. But I'll, I'll meet you on further, to the secularists, the atheists out there, the humanists, right? DNA. Separate, individual, unique DNA means a separate individual and unique human being. Period. It's as simple as that. My body, my choice? Absolutely. But what about their body, their choice? That's the error in your thinking. And so, talk to Will Chamberlain, the uh, publisher of Human Events just before this, who is Georgetown Lawyer, he said, I think Roe v. Wade is done after this case. We'll see. We'll see. Christmas is coming, it's coming so fast. Go to mypillow.com, use promo code POSO, get your orders in today. I got my order in over the weekend, it was fantastic, Uh, was very convenient, it's all on its way. But speaking of Mike Lindell, somebody that Mike Lindell stood up for when nobody else would, when the world had turned their back, was Kyle Rittenhouse. I recently had the opportunity. I flew out to Phoenix, Arizona. We were with uh, the Turning Point headquarters, myself, Charlie Kirk. We had the opportunity to sit down and interview Kyle, talk to him all about the ordeal that he's gone through, the injustices that he's faced, talked about Lunchbox, talked about Binger. And the one thing that I wanted to ask him, we're going to play part of that interview now, I wanted to say... Who is Kyle Rittenhouse, the person, right? Take, take all the facts and evidence and et cetera, the video, out of it. Who are you? Why did you do what you do? And what does Kenosha mean to Kyle Rittenhouse? So they, they made this whole, you know, big, like, deal during the trial and Binger. And I call him Lunchbox, he is his, his sidekick there, because he brought him along like a boxed lunch. Um, they said, oh, well, you're, you're not even from Kenosha, you know, you don't even live in Kenosha, you cross state lines, all this business. Um, but it seemed to me when I was, you know, hearing you speak about it, and then when you took a stand, you talked more about it, that it seemed like Kenosha did mean something to you. It that did. You had um, a lot of connections. So what, what does Kenosha mean to you?
3: Well, Kenosha, mm-hmm. my best friend Dominic lives there. My, my dad lives there. My, my, my entire family pretty much lives there. I go grocery shopping in Kenosha, and, of course, they have the best cheese curds in the world, as we all know.
0: Can confirm. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times since all this. I was there, I guess, two weeks after that happened, so I was there, like, mid-September of last year, and then I've gone back a few times uh, just to see it. And it's actually a really nice town. Like, yeah, it's, I it's, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I went there with my brother. We had a great time. Oh, yeah. It, it's down-to-earth
3: people who is just... Just people that are just, like, wanting to be... Fr- it's the Midwest. We call it Midwest-friendly. We wave to people driving down the road. Yeah, like, we see you on screen, but what's it like behind the scenes and all that? Um, well, how it is behind the scenes, I have my amazing team, Mark, Corey, Natalie, John, LT, Dave, helping me through this and guiding me because, believe it or not, I'm freaking out behind the scenes because you don't know what's going to happen. So to have them to be to support me helping me through this and explaining helped me stay calm. And what I'm thinking when I'm just the blank face um potted plant um in court, I'm just saying in my head, is this guy serious? It, referring to Lunchbox and Banger, <laughs> also known as Littlefinger.
0: I'm trying to be, you know, look, you know, I remember watching it that night, and I remember seeing and like I I didn't know the name of Kyle Rittenhouse or Gage or Rosenblatt, any, any, I had no idea who any of you were, but I just knew that, you know, the guys that I would work with, um, like, like Richie McGinnis and Elijah Schaefer, Drew Hernandez, um, Julio Rosas, they were all there and then BG on the scene as well. And I'm watching these videos come out and I'm looking at this situation going, Hey, wait a minute, they're chasing this guy, but the media is saying it the other way. And that's not what happened. And I can see these videos and you guys are lying about this. And then so you would have to think that, okay, if I'm an adversarial prosecutor, I'm going to put, I'm going to bring witnesses forward that are going to, you know, help my theory of the case. And to your point, in his opening statement, that's what he says. He says they were chasing you, or excuse me, that you were chasing them. But then the very next thing he does is bring on a witness that supports your side of the case.
3: Exactly, and all their witnesses. witnesses.
0: Well, yes, actually, that's, so, and that, that turned out to be a trend that we saw throughout the rest of the trial. Every single one of the, they brought, they were the ones who called Richie. You guys didn't even have to call Richie. Mm-mm. Um, during his opening
3: when he said that I was, one of the things I was thinking, I was like, geez, I didn't know that he um, watched the videos backwards.
0: <laughs> There's There was a there was a meme of that where it was, um it was a, a binger, and he goes, well, All you have to do is play the video in reverse and you can clearly see Kyle chasing them.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much to the people who do support me and have donated. It means a lot to me and my family helping us pay for these legal bills. It just means so much to me and we couldn't have done it without them.
0: So it really was great getting to meet Kyle, getting spent time with him, uh, spent time with his dogs. I don't know if you can see them on the set a little bit. They were with us. But one thing I also wanted to ask him about was, number one, did he know, was he aware, right, of all the people, the millions of people that had his back and that were supporting him? And then I wanted to ask him something else, and that was the role of God. Did he turn to God in those dark moments, in those low moments? In that ordeal that none of us have ever faced before, in that situation when it seems like the whole world is against you, so I did ask him about that, and I think you're going to find it very interesting what his answer was. This is me, Charlie Kirk, Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, one thing with that, with these videos, and just you know, being able to support Free Kyle USA and all the other stuff. Did you have a sense, you know, both during the trial and beforehand, that? Yes, obviously, there was an entire mainstream media and political, really, establishment that was hell-bent on making you the scapegoat for everything that happened in Kenosha and really a lot of 2020. But did you also realize that there were millions of people that had your back, that were supporting you, going through these videos, donating? Mm -hmm. And thank
3: you so much to the people who do support me and have donated. It means a lot to me and my family helping us pay for these legal bills. It just means so much to me, and we couldn't have done it without them, and it's just amazing. And with the whole people who didn't support me, I didn't know, I actually didn't know how much support I really had until I got bailed out. Um, I didn't know how much of the world supported the right to
0: self-defense. Well, there'll be more details that come out eventually, but you were very close to some such bad intervention from forces that um it would have been tough to recover from just with the kind of group of people you were kind of chatting about and, so, and i think we have to just put this out like he's not sponsored by under armor he's never talked about oh. right uh, <laughs> right right yeah under armor is going to release so you actually have to do that statement um i'm happy if I can, to give you tons of turning point swag if you i if i say. can ask a quick question this is something that my uh my wife had asked me to ask but um How's your family doing with all this? We're hanging in there. Uh,
3: huge weight off of our shoulder. Obviously, you yeah. had a good Thanksgiving?
0: Of course. We had a great Thanksgiving. Awesome. We
3: had some turkey. Uh, my favorite is uh, green bean casserole.
0: But, uh, but Kyle, you, um, at a young age, you were called into something that is unprecedented. And um, you, you, you have, you're a smart kid. You got a lot, got a lot ahead of you. Thank you're you tough. very much, Charlie. And so freekyleusa.org is that right? Freekyleusa.org, yes sir. FreeKyleUSA.org. Any any closing thoughts, Jack? Look, I, I you know Dave, one of the times that you called me, um, I remember I said this, and I've I've said it to a lot of people that you know I'm Catholic. That's the way I look at it. I think God had His hand on you that night, I really do, and I think you put a lot of people in that situation, and they might not have made it out of there without that kind of support and so whether you know you're out there and you're someone who believes in in something as literal as a guardian angel or just having that intervention come in whatever, whatever the mechanism is it every that's the one thing i always see when i watch those videos and then when i saw what happened in that court so not only was he there in the street he was there in that courthouse and he was there in that jury room someone was definitely watching over me that night Thank you so much for watching us on Human Events Daily. Thank you so much for also supporting us and listening to our coverage of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And now we have the Kyle Rittenhouse interview. If you like to support our work, you want to support what this podcast is doing, support the Be Good, Be Brief, Be Gone movement. Go leave us a five-star review. It actually helps us out a lot. It takes two seconds. You can write something. You don't have to write something if you don't want to. Whatever. Leave us that review. It really does help our metrics, and it's something that we can show going forward that Human Events Daily is a show, a short show that everybody wants. There is a huge market for, and we're going to continue growing and expanding as that comes in. So help us help you, all Right. That being said, before I go, it's time for today's moment of history. Today, 1955, Rosa Parks started the bus boycott. Conservatives, you need to learn something. A boycott is not cancel culture, and boycotts work. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.